Hello, and welcome to Illumination Bureau, where we hope to enlighten you with all of the hidden stuff that you don't know about careers and creative. This is Katherine Lang Klein and Kristen Harris, and we will be your hosts. We are the co-creators of Portfolio Creative, a company that connects creative people in the marketing and advertising space. We've been doing this since 2005, and we've learned a lot of things that we want to share with you. We have so much to tell you, so let's get started. Hey, Kristen. Yes. Approximately how many resumes do you think we have in our possession in our database? Oh, you know, I haven't looked recently, but I think it's over 14,000 now. <laughs> so, so stacks and stacks it's, of them. If they were to lot. be all printed and, you know, put on somebody's desk. Um, and what we find is that, you know, once you post a job, suddenly uh, a stack of resumes will appear in your database all anew or, you know, some people might be still sending them. Um, in, you know, in tangible form or through email or something like that. But regardless, you post a job and you're going to get a response, which is a great thing, you know, better than not having any choices at all. But um, chances are that's you just giving yourself a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of vetting. And, and part of it is, you know, the good, <laughs> this is like a good news, bad news. The, the good news is it's really e easy to post and publish your job mm -hmm. and for people to apply. The bad news is, it's really easy for people to apply and people apply to lots of things they're not qualified for. Like right. they, I feel like half the time they yes. read the information yes. <laughs> or they it's close and they say, well, if they got a job for this, they might have a job for that. Yeah. Or it's not even close. They just submit their stuff. Anyway. They might, yeah. They are just, you know, at the point where they're getting a little desperate and any job post they're sending resumes and, yeah. or they want to work for your company maybe. So they just want to, they saw that as an opportunity to get their resume. And uh, there's a lot of reasons, yeah. but um, yes, it's um, it's very simple to just like click a couple buttons and submit your resume to a hundred jobs, mm -hmm. and people do. Yep. So on the company side, like good news, you get a lot of candidates. Bad news, you have a lot of candidates to look through. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And um, this is you know, like I just I'll just get the, uh, this out of the way that this is one of the things that we do. Like if you are looking for someone in marketing you can let all those resumes come to us and we will go through those and present you with some of the, the best choices. So rather than you looking through a bunch of resumes, you're only looking at a few resumes and those are the best ones that have been um, pre-vetted for you. So um, yeah. And, and we're doing it all the time. Like all the we're always getting we know what new to look people. For. We understand, we will have had a discussion with you to understand your culture, to under, really under, we know what the jobs are because we, we know people that do this. So that'll, helps out a lot as far as getting you pre-vetted candidates yeah and and also you know it's what we do all day all like, day we have time to go through all yes. the resumes because that's what we do you might have Meanwhile, other things you're trying to actually do your job <laughs> right. right so like this is our work as right. opposed to you trying to you know do your, do your own work yes so we have a lot more time to go through them all and look yes with loving care and, and respond exactly. to the people that probably should not have applied at all and, and yeah. things like that so find out more we'll reach out and ask questions mm -hmm. to confirm maybe they have experience we don't see you don't have time for all that right right <laughs> so think of us as you just your your time saving person um and you know once things start moving along we can have a lot of those pre-discussions with them which also saves you time um negotiations we can handle a lot of that so you don't have to you know be like what do you think you know that they would take this and this or a signing bonus and, you know, in lieu of whatever, we can have all those conversations that are sometimes a little more awkward because we're the middle person and we can present that in a way and um, be a good advocate for both you and for them. And so you're both happy because that's really kind of what we want anyway. Um, and then the one thing that's always like the, the biggest, um, I guess, hurdle is that you might be interviewing or trying to vet 
with a resume for a job you're not even really sure what it involves. Like if you're in HR, for example, you're trying to know every single role in that company, who's going to be the best fit. Since we only specialize in marketing, we know specifically what that marketing person's style is, if they're going to be a fit for your culture, because styles are different. You can't just hire a graphic designer because they might not understand the voice of your company. So there's all those little nuances that we can kind of help with as well that you may not be as in tune to. You know, sometimes the hiring roles uh, for some roles are just very easy because it's very, do you know the skill? But when you're talking about style and personality when it comes to creative people, that's a totally different beast. <laughs> yes, for sure. And we work with them all the time. All the time and we love them. Yes, so we do. We, we love all that quirkiness. <laughs> so what we thought we might do today is share some tips on how we sort. So we have thousands yeah. of resumes and we get hundreds every week. Yep. So how do we sort through them all? What do we look for? How can, how do we evaluate and how can you apply some of those tips to perhaps this literal or figurative, literal <laughs> or electronic stack of resumes that you may have for, you know, open jobs that yeah, you're trying to fill? Because, I mean, you you may not want to delegate. You may feel like you can handle it. Like I said, we're, we're right here if you need us. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking a stab at it. And honestly, some of these tips can apply to anything. We were just talking about helping you with your marketing roles. But some of these tips we're going to give you can be applied to just about anybody. Any so, role. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, the first thing we look for is, does the person have the core skills for the job? And mm -hmm. I say core because a lot of jobs have like the small handful of things you must have. Mm -hmm. And then they have the big long list of nice to have. Right. We're really looking for the must have first mm -hmm. because we don't want to eliminate someone if they don't have a nice to have, if they do have a a must-have, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So we're just narrowing down. But there'll be a certain amount of people that just don't have the must-haves. Maybe right. they, you know, whatever. You need a certain software and they just literally have never used it. Right. They're probably not going to be. And if you're not the hiring manager, you don't want to get some clarity from the hiring manager to make sure, okay, what's going to be the deal breaker here? They have to have this, but this is, a, yeah, like you said, a nice-to-have. Yes. And, a, you know, another point around that is by really just focusing on the core skills, you're also... Um, including in more people like mm -hmm. yes you're trying to narrow down the stack of resumes but you're also trying to include in as many different candidates and different types of candidates mm -hmm. more diverse candidates of and I mean that in every way mm -hmm. ethnicity age background etc you you want to include in as many people as possible mm -hmm. but you have to get out the ones that literally can't do the job right <laughs> right that and that's exactly the point because you know, there's certain people can learn to do things and their path just might have been a little different. So right. you don't want to exclude those people. And along with skills, I mean, experience, you know, um, a quick way to kind of sift through a big stack of resumes. Do all these people have the amount of experience that you're looking for? Is there any leeway with that? You might be thinking like, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's always like, I want five years of experience. That's like some always great, some great milestone. What if they have three right. and um, they still look like they're, but they have that where they have worked is really in alignment with what you want them to do going forward. So mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I got all this experience in X, that we do X, and they've only done it for three years. Yeah, so what? It's relevant. You know? Maybe it's a similar industry or something else. So again, like, like you said, you're trying to include in people as much as possible. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if they just literally do not have some of the type of experiences you need, like they're going to need to manage a big team and they've only done an internship before. Right, right. 
they're probably not going to be able to move straight into a manager role. Like, you know, there, there's certain points where it's like, you just, we just can't figure out how to spin this enough for this to mm-hmm, work for you. Mm-hmm. So you're including in as many people as you can, you know, maybe three years is worth considering even if they're looking for five, but you have to exclude the people that you know just can't, you know, do the job. Absolutely. And I also wouldn't necessarily, actually I wouldn't, I'll just be that very firm in that. I would not exclude people that have more experience than what you're targeting too. For sure. Um, and normally I would be very nervous about suggesting that because in a lot of situations, people, you know, take the job and then they're afraid that this person is going to just be too ambitious, too big for the shoes, that sort of thing. But what we're seeing more now than we have seen before is people looking for a job that gives them more purpose. And they may have had a lot of experience at a corporate environment, for example, and, um, they felt we're just kind of like, they were got lost in these areas. It's like, I don't feel like I, I have a purpose here. You know, I'm just, this is just a okay job. It's, I, but I would really love to help a company that's starting up, a company that I can make a difference in. Um, so they might have the experience, but they just want to have something that has a little more impact or they can work with a, a tighter knit team or they have, you know, maybe you're offering um, a remote opportunity and or a hybrid opportunity and the company that they're at now wants them all in and they this is working better for them if they can have options. So, don't automatically eliminate somebody for that. And that also goes into more of that diversity thing too. I mean, people have an enormous amount of talent and they can really benefit. Um, just be clear, again, what your expectations are. Um, Say, so I see that you have a lot of experience. I Let's talk about that and mm-hmm. just kind of leave it as an open-ended question. And like, let why them tell are the they story. interested? Yeah, what, Absolutely. What, why, are you, yeah, why are you just in this particular role? It's not what you've, what you, where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that you brought that up because... You're right. Like so many people, again, coming out of, you know, the last 18 months maybe have discovered different passions, Mm -hmm. different interests, where they were just was not where their heart was. And a lot of people are looking more for things that they really care about. Mm -hmm. And and they may want, you know, they may be fine with a job that you would perceive as a step down, Mm -hmm. quote unquote. Mm -hmm but they don't care. Like they're just right. looking to do something that they find interesting or that they have a connection to. So I always think it's worth having that conversation and just asking like, why are you interested right. in this? Like right. you probably have a reason you applied, you know, you have a live experience. You're, you know what you're doing basically. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. why are you interested? And sometimes they have just such a, a perfect story or connection that right. makes them a great candidate. So you're right. Don't discount people that are more experienced but there is sometimes a minimum of experience you need. Yeah. <laughs> you go, and just as, you know, as a, a story could be like, you know, what if somebody who was a great designer suddenly got promoted to, um, you know, like a creative director or VP of marketing is like, you know, I just want to design again. Yeah. That's all, all I did was sat in meetings. And I just I don't wanna want to make artwork I again. I just want to <laughs> make art. And so that's, that's one reason why they, it's like, I would take less money. I just want to do something that I love. So yeah. that's, that's one thing to kind of, just to highlight where mm-hmm. a lot of these people's minds are in some cases, but you know, just like I said, just making an open-ended question and yeah. let them tell their story. Yes. That, that is great. Thanks for adding that in. Um, another thing that we really are looking at and asking people about right now is location. Mm-hmm. We're in a world where, you know, sort of the, the common <laughs> knowledge is, Oh, anyone can work from anywhere in this remote environment, which is like kind of true and kind of not true. Mm-hmm. Definitely depends on the company. Some companies really do need people to be on site or on site. Some, what we're seeing a lot of is, well, they could 
live a little further away, but they have to be within driving distance because they'll need to come here once a week or Mm -hmm, once a month mm -hmm. or whatever. Or, you know, they can work remotely three days a week, but they need to be in the office one day a week and or two days, whoever the math is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So wherever they live, fine, Mm -hmm. but they have to be at our office, you know, two days a week. So location may not be an eliminating Mm -hmm. factor, but you need to know where are they and what's their expectation. And is it going to fit? Can they make what they have in mind work with what you need? Yes. (laughs) Yes. And location used to be... And it's actually harder now because before it'd just be like, nope, you're not in Columbus. You're not in Columbus. You're not in Columbus. But now it's like, and and maybe you would ask like, are you looking to relocate? Mm -hmm. You know, do you want to move here? But if they didn't, then you were sort of done. But now it's like so much more versions of how it could work right (laughs) imagine you know if um there's somebody who is not living nearby you and um you really want them and you don't have to pay a relocation offer them a relocation package but you might have fly them in a couple times a year you know that is such a difference in cost and you would have this great talent you know there's it's so versatile now so yeah that's not an automatic elimination sort of thing but if you need someone who needs to be nearby, you can vet quickly through a lot of candidates if they're not within your region. So. Yes. And I just have to insert my nerdy HR thing, which <laughs> is like, if you're the hiring manager, just make sure your company actually can employ somebody in the state that this person is because employment is by state and they may not be set up to employ someone in Wisconsin. Right. And right. they may not want to go through the hoops that would require to do that. So even with the remote world, make sure you're okay. Your company's okay with wherever this remote person is. Yes. Because like, it's not just like if they're in the U.S., it's all the same. Yes. It's actually not. That is, that is an excellent PSA. <laughs> that is my HR PSA Yeah, because the last thing you want is to fall in love with somebody and then you realize, uh, And then your company's like, we, we, can't. we can't. We <laughs> legally cannot hire them. Right, right. <laughs> um. And then one thing that, you know, if you're flipping through resumes really quickly and your eye catches a typo, um, you put those in a typo pile or you can put them in the trash. It's kind of up to you and what your, your standards are. Is And Kristen, you said earlier, if it's one typo, maybe, depending on the word. I might <laughs> give them one pass, but if that's you said, have that's, that's two what I'm saying, or the typo three, pile. yeah, <laughs> if you have two or three typos, I, I just can't move forward. <laughs> Um, I might give somebody a pass on, well, here's why I said create the typo pile. You know, maybe you you have a very successful pile of people that got their resume perfect and you're like, okay, I have enough people here that I can interview. But if you're not getting a whole lot of traction, maybe revisit that typo pile. Mm -hmm. And based on the job, you might want to make a judgment call. That's what I was going to say. I I should retract what I said. Somebody's applying for an editor. It (laughs) depends on the job for sure. If somebody is an editor um, or writer, you might want to fast forward that one to the trash. But um, you have to look at it as, you know, could I forgive somebody for one mistake if they're the perfect person? You know, so just kind of keep that one on the side. If you're like, oh, this person's good, but dang it, they said manger instead of manager. So, which is the most popular typo. Oh my gosh, we see that one so much. On the resume, yeah. by far. Um, and because it is so common, that's why I'm going to say, you know, could you kind of forgive somebody for that? But if you had some, you know, like six other great candidates that spelled it right, yeah, interview all them first. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if none of them are seem good enough or you only got one other one, it's like, all right, we'll go back to manger person. And, yeah. And yes. see, you know, and I will point out to them that 
this is on there. Please do that so they're not still sending resumes out with that typo. Um, and you know, it, it sometimes it's a rookie mistake. You know, they you, they send out a you know a bunch of resumes and they're you know recent grad and they like oh dang I didn't see that. It happens, and you could be their little guardian angel and just tell them about that mistake. But yeah, if you have them as a backup, at least that's what I would do. Yes. Um, it you have to kind of go with your own gut instinct on that because some people it's a it's a no go. Um, if that's the case, so, but you know, if you're like, I'm, I'm just going to give this one a shot. Yes. Know, thank I liked you. It, I liked everything else on this. Thank you for the caveat because you're right. It's a hundred percent based for me. It's a hundred percent dependent on the job. Mm -hmm. If they are a photographer mm -hmm. and they have a typo, I might still talk to them, but I'll definitely tell them they have a typo so mm -hmm. they can fix it. Or even if I don't talk to them, I might tell them cause I'm just that person. But, um, if they're, a writer, an editor, mm -hmm. there's somebody who's going to do customer service communications via email for your company. To me, that's a bit of a test of can yes. they do they have the skill set to do the job? Yeah, because you don't want something going out with a typo on it. So if this exactly. person's not in charge it's of that, sort of a skill test. Yeah, <laughs> if this person is not ultimately in charge of the copy and they're just right. designing the layout or they're doing photography, th there's never any type in it. You know, they're not gonna. It does not gonna matter. So, yeah, that that's a good way yeah. to kind of weigh it out. Yes. So. I'm I am hardcore and I'll always try to tell them because <laughs> it makes me crazy but it does depend on the role and does 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 correct spelling matter for this job right <laughs> right because again you don't want to eliminate someone who's amazing if correct spelling doesn't matter for this job mm -hmm. so that is a good point in the spirit of including people maybe you have a typo pile or maybe you include them anyway because it doesn't matter for the job but tell them so they can fix it right because nobody wants to be saying stuff about with yeah the misspelling in it exactly because you know because obviously editors and copywriters that is their job so you want that to that they're representing mm -hmm. themselves in that regard and a, a designer it's more on their portfolio and their book of work so um i would grade more heavily on that versus mm -hmm. like two yeah two typos i might have to pitch it though yeah, That's it just, I mean, it's a one. I don't know. I don't to me. It's it goes back to like, it's part of the skill set. Mm -hmm. So again, like, it's no different than if you wrote code and you had mistakes in it, right? You know, you're showing your skill set. Yes. So it does for me, it does depend on how, how much it aligns yeah. with the job. So your comfort level on that. But like I said, mm -hmm. that just think, just think about the, the typo pile. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, that, and I guess I would say that is also a cautionary <laughs> tale for candidates job applicants we spent this much time debating whether we would consider somebody with a typo or not so right. really what you ought to do is have someone else proofread your resume so this yes. conversation is never about you yes <laughs> that's that's a really really good tip and uh, again if you see a typo please tell somebody i know it's it you're you're busy it takes time but like i said it's it's a true gift to kind of get somebody in the right path it's like you know what i'm not going to hire you but here's something that, and and it's embarrassing and you know it hurts on the receiving end like oh my god but I've always been grateful when if somebody pointed that out for me so mm -hmm. or some other issue my resume might have so yeah those are are the, the the fast few things that you can do to kind of shorten your resume pile once they start rolling in yeah um, and so a couple other things which aren't exactly about vetting the resume but just tips that mm -hmm, we use mm -hmm. So one, um, and we talk a lot about on some other podcasts about some uh, some different techniques you can use to help include more people, you mm -hmm. know, provide more diversity into your candidate pool because someone can't 
be hired if they're not considered. Right, <laughs> right. right. So if you're the person who's receiving all the resumes, you're, you're getting the full resume, you have their name, whatever. But if you're collecting them and passing them on to a hiring manager, you can make them blind. So you can take the names mm, off. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe if you're looking at people of different age groups, you could take some of the, you know, college graduation off. You can remove some things that are clues that someone may inadvertently respond to. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. I want to be careful in saying that because I, I truly believe most people are really good and don't purposefully discriminate against people because of their name or something like that. But people... Um, unconsciously do a lot of things mm-hmm. and so if like say you're the talent acquisition person or you're a recruiter and you're collecting all the resumes then you might be eliminating the ones that like literally don't qualify but then you're passing on a pile to someone else you can make them a bit more blind so they're mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. only looking at skills and experience yeah any sort of unconscious bias you know can be eliminated by doing things like that and it, yeah. it truly is unconscious in, in many cases only yeah. and i we can say that because we have sent you know so many candidates out and almost you can almost figure out who they're gonna pick because it's usually somebody that's a lot like them and mm-hmm. it's it's just something that's kind of i think inherent in all of us where you just like you gravitate towards people like you it's like i'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna totally get along with this person i see myself in this right. person they went to the same school they i did the same school i whatever. did it's yeah. it's a, a million different things that trigger people to say this is going to be my person but if you have a curve in there somewhere people are like well i don't know um it, yeah eliminating that is a real game changer because um and it's like i said it's not because you're doing it intentionally but it, it takes mm-hmm. out any sort of it unconscious just, attention that you yeah. might have it just helps more people be included in the pool of right. who gets considered you're not a bad person yeah so it's, yes like i said it's, exactly. it's just human nature so we're just kind yep. of you know helping people helping people yes yeah. and one of the examples that we have used i think before in the podcast too about that one interview that was done for what was it the new york philharmonic or was it mm, when they, they did the auditions they did auditions yeah. and they did them behind a screen because they found that they were always leaning towards male um, and I call them musicians, I guess. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if they had a special name if they're in an orchestra. I think they're um, musicians. Orchestriers. <laughs> <laughs> um, Clearly we don't know. Violinists, we'll say, <laughs> or, you know, maybe we'll make it even simpler. Um, so they put people behind a screen and because they wanted to just make sure that, you know, sex and, um, you know, no like looks looks anything matter, you know yeah. like that person mm-hmm. doesn't look like you know a, a symphony player um and then they had to even take it back a little further because when people would walk across the stage they could tell if it was men's shoes or women's shoes so they asked asked people to take off their shoes before they would sit in the chair so it and it's it's like and and these people are they wanted to have more diversity yeah and that was how they had to do it by like eliminating they were purposely trying to add women to the orchestra <laughs> and they were still struggling with it and they still even when they heard women's it. shoes walk across um, so yeah, it's, it's something that's within us. Don't, don't feel bad, you know, help yourself, help your coworkers by, by doing it. Um, yeah. And it, it'll definitely be to a benefit to your company too, you mm-hmm. know, so you just. Absolutely. So that's, that's one thing. And that's more, I guess, <laughs> not so much about sorting people out, but sorting people in. Yes. And yes. then, um, another thing is, uh, this isn't really the resume itself, but typically when we get a resume, we're responding back to them. Mm-hmm. We're getting some more information or mm-hmm. following up with them. I I make some judgments about the person from their communication response. Mm-hmm. 
Is it well written? Do they respond? Mm-hmm. You know, how quickly that kind of thing. And that doesn't mean they're they're literally eliminated or not. Le- yesterday, I, I texted somebody because they hadn't responded. I thought that was really odd. And this person was like, I am so sorry. I just saw your email. It probably got filtered into like the social folder or something <laughs> in his right. email. Didn't see it. He sent me his stuff right away. So, you know, I'm not eliminating him. Mm-hmm. But I did go to extra links to reach him because I was surprised he didn't respond. So um, that's just part of the process, I think, is mm-hmm. seeing, you know, is someone responding quickly? Are they sending you a well-written response? Especially, mm-hmm. again, if this is like a role that requires communication, if this person is going to be doing email communication for your company, mm-hmm. perhaps uh, a little bit of your hiring screening is the email communication they send you. Mm-hmm. You know, So mm-hmm. there, there is some correspondence going on with the resume that you may all use also use to uh put somebody in the pile because it might be like wow they write a really good email mm-hmm. move them you know move them right over here uh it it can be in their favor as well it's not necessarily a elimination point it right, can be right. an inclusion point mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. but that whole interaction sometimes can kind of come into play of you know it's almost part of the screening of the resume mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um, so yeah, good luck with you and your stacks of resumes. And, you know, if hopefully this will shorten your pile by at least half with some of these tips and, um, happy hunting. Thank you so much for joining us at Illumination Bureau. And we hope you have gained something by listening today. Illumination Bureau was brought to you by Portfolio Creative. You can find out more about Portfolio Creative at PortfolioCreative.com. If you have a topic that you want to hear about, don't hesitate to email us at questions at PortfolioCreative.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate and review it, or share it with a friend. 